Yes, it's Monday, and we all by now know what that means. It means that I, this goon right here, Kevin Eustace, hi, I'm going to talk to you about the paranormal and ghosts and all of that sort of jazz. How are you all doing, people? I hope you're all doing spectacularly well. I've moved around the office. I'm calling it the office. What I actually mean is the back bedroom, um, which we call an office, like most people with no kids do. I'm in the study. I'm in the office. You're not. You're in the spare bedroom. Let's be honest, everyone. So I've moved everything around, created much more space, I do believe. I can lean back now. Watch this. You just can't see anything, but I'm leaning back in a chair, which I couldn't do before. And um, everyone's a fan of it. I say everyone. I only live with one person. But the cat's a fan of it, too. She came in before and looked around and was like, meow. And I was like, exactly. And she went, can I still get up to the windowsill? I went, try. And she did. And she was like, oh, I love it. I was like, thank you, cat. Because I talk to cats. Anywho, none of this is paranormal. Well, a talking cat is a bit like Jeff the Talking Mongoose, so I suppose that's paranormal. But what have we got in store for you today? We have everything in store for you today. We have some wonderful listener stories, true paranormal experiences, if you will. And of course, I'm going to sing your Patreon names out, because that's what we do on the show. And I'm going to give you a paranormal review, where I review something paranormal so that you don't have to. Because why would you review something for yourself? Anyway... So we're going to do all of that. And before we do that, of course, I need to do part one, which is where I thank our wonderful new Patreons. Now, when you sign up to Patreon, not only do you get your name sung out on this show, I do declare, but you also get two additional podcasts each and every week. Yeah, not two a month like some shows. No, no. Two a week. Yes, you do. You get one where it's me rambling, because as you can tell, a bit of coffee in me and I can go for miles. And um, then we do try and do a paranormal one on a Sunday. And I say try, because as you can tell, it's not that easy to stay on a topic when you're hyped with caffeine. We succeeded this Sunday, though. Me and Becca had a very good chat about the paranormal. Only went slightly off topic, but we managed to stay true to our word. So, yes. So, if you want all of that and more, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Just like these wonderful new Patreons have. The guitar is well and truly out, and we have four wonderful new Patreons today. Hooray! We have Maddie, Kurt Haberkamp, Michelle Phillips, and Dawn Rivitza. And this song is for you. Oh, yeah. Maddie, Kurt Haberkamp, Dawn Rivitza, too. Don't forget Michelle Phillips, she signed up, too. You've signed up to Patreon, it's true And I just wanna say thank you Ended it on a seventh. Couple of falsettos thrown in there too, for good measure. If you want to become a Patreon, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts, because we always do. Right, let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Yes, it's paranormal review time, where I review something paranormal, you know the rest. Now, today, we're going to take a trip back over to YouTube. You know I do love a good paranormal YouTube channel. And this is one of the most popular ones, and for good reason, too. You might have heard of it. If you're sort of already up with YouTube and searching for paranormal stuff, you'll definitely be aware of it. If you're not, then this little review is for you. Because I'm fully aware there are a lot of people who love the paranormal, but just don't know what to search for or where to find stuff, and all that carry on. And that's why we do this very section. But this is for a channel on YouTube called Slapped Ham. Now, everyone who's familiar with YouTube will be going, they don't need any sort of review. And you know what? 
you're arguably right. But the, even if there's one person listening to this now that goes, I've never heard of Slapped Ham, then the job is done. Now, basically, I think he's Australian, this guy. And he comes on at the start and goes, my name's Cal, and this is Slapped Ham. And what he then do, I'm quite good at impressions, you know, surprisingly so. Only first time, if I try and do that again, I'll sound Indian. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but it's a dead good channel. He always has on a collection similar to Nukes, who we've covered, covered before, and Bizarre Bob and things like that. It's a collection of paranormal videos from that week. And a lot of them are really good. He, he tends to only deal in the upper echelons of decency when it comes to alleged authenticity of videos similar to Nukes. Nukes Top 5 is my favourite of all time, as I've spoke about in the past. And the reason for that is because he only chooses videos which are genuinely head scratches to rob a, a Jim Haroldism. The genuinely head scratches. So do go check out Slapped Ham because it's similar ilk of quality videos. Um, it's not, there's a lot of them and they seem to be coming from all around the world, these compilation channels now. And a lot of them are pretty much dog or the videos that you've seen well and about a million times before. Um, Slapped Ham isn't like that. Him and Nuke seem to be pulling the cream of the crop, if you will. So if you've never seen it before, head over to YouTube, type into the search bar, Slapped Ham. I oh, see, can't do it twice, told you. And you will find Cal and he will talk you through and he releases videos. The good thing about Slapped Ham, is that it releases daily, or more or less daily. There's a lot of paranormal fans who are not fans of Slapped Ham because they're like, uh, but, and that's an authentic sound. I actually, that was a, me playing back a recording of somebody complaining about Slapped Ham. Uh, uh, anyway, for sheer consistency and quality of videos, you should check out Slapped Ham. So go and do it. For me, personally, it's two thumbs up to the sky. Right, let's get right into my favourite part of the show each and every week, which I say each and every week because it's the truth, goddamn you. Anyway, our first email today comes in from Sean, and Sean writes, Hi, Kev. Hi. Hi, Becca. Hi. Oh, Becca, I don't know what's wrong with you, but we need to take you to the quacks. And hi, oh no, a big meow to the neighbour's cat. Meow. She likes it when you speak in her language, in her lingo. Sean writes, I'm writing to you from across the Mersey on the Wirral. Hey, Sean, I can see you from where I am. Well, I can see the Wirral. I've got a selection of stories from my almost 40 years on this planet. I said that then like that was dead impressive. I'm 43. Anyway, some are mine, some are from family, but I've always been involved in some way. In brackets, often after the fact. But my personal experiences are mixed in. This email is a bit like a jar of marbles, he says. What a good analogy. I'm going to start using that more and more from today. And then he says, let's go. So I think we should. Let's go. It's a hot summer's day on the Isle of Man. My mom and stepdad have found a lovely little cottage. Curbside to the famous TT course and directly opposite the village church and graveyard. Great. I was only quite small at this point and wasn't with them this day. They entered the cottage with the estate agent to have a look round, almost certain they would buy it. They were discussing renovations and noticed the tender on the fireplace needed work and the beams had been painted over. My stepdad said, Right, we'll sort the tender on there, repaint those beams and pull that wall out and have a nice open staircase. At that moment, the kitchen door opened and then slammed shut. This door had a latch you had to physically lift to open the door. 
and the room then went icy from the floor to the ceiling. As I stated, it was a hot summer's day and there was no draft. My parents looked at each other and my stepdad said, On second thoughts, let's strip it back to the original stone around the fireplace, expose those beams and leave the staircase as is. The room instantly warmed up and we moved in. My bedroom was at the back of the cottage upstairs. To get to it, you came through the front door. The lounge was off to the left, the stairs straight ahead. Halfway up the stairs was a mini landing and to the left was my parents' room, to the right the bathroom. Straight ahead on the left was my room. I spent a lot of time in there colouring and I would sit chatting to an old lady in there and showing her my colouring and drawings. I don't know who she was but she always seemed friendly and she definitely wasn't a living house guest. Whatever the horrible dark shadow at the bottom of the stairs was, was a different story. It never really did anything that I know of, but it was just a horrid feeling as you walked up the stairs. Sometimes it stayed by the door, sometimes it was almost on your heels, other times it waited on the mini landing and I didn't feel like I could leave my room. Let's move on a few years. Living in the Wirral with my parents and my brother and sister, my brother and I shared a room with bunk beds. From my bottom bunk, I had full view of the bedroom door, wardrobe and landing outside the room. I woke up in the early hours one morning and saw my brother standing in the doorway, seemingly silhouetted and not moving, just standing there. Anthony, get back into bed before mum catches you. Nothing. Ant, get into bed, mate. Nothing. I'm wide awake now and getting annoyed as I've got to go to work in the morning, and this little bugger is stood there ignoring me. I went to swing a leg out of bed, and then the realisation hit me. I was the only one in the house. They'd all gone away for the weekend, and a little piece of me died. Who the fuck was stood in the doorway? I didn't ask, I just rolled over and curled up under my quilt and eventually fell back to sleep. My son, when he was younger, was constantly asking who the man in the white shirt with no legs was in his room at night. We didn't know. But we were a little concerned. We spoke to a medium friend who said she felt a portal in his room. And to close it, we needed to stick a small circle, cut from the blue part of a Kellogg's Frosties box, on the wall, in the corner where she felt the portal was, and it would close. Sounds crazy, right? It worked. He never mentioned it again. We live in a first floor flat. Before the kids, we had two cats. We were sat watching TV and the cats were in their bed next to the TV. We heard someone come up the stairs and what really drew our attention was the cat's head snapping round and watching what I can only describe as a human-sized heat haze walk from the top of the stairs, past the spare room and into our room. My wife and I saw it. The cats clearly saw it. So the couch was the best option for us that night. My wife's cousin was at the time a property manager for an environmental company and two of his properties were former asylums in Lancashire. This happened at one of them. An experience he had prompted him to invite me along for a wander around one day. 
He got a call one time to say kids were on site messing in the derelict laundry area, so he had to attend. By the time he got there, security had gotten rid of the kids, but he had to check any damage and secure the building again. When this was done, he said he had to take a drive around the site, which had a circular perimeter road around the buildings of the hospital. When he got his car back to the hospital site, he stopped his car as about 20 feet in front of him was a tall man in what looked like an old-fashioned long coat. He beeped his horn and the guy didn't move, so he put his window down and shouted, Excuse me, sir, this is a restricted area. It's dangerous, you can't be here. The guy didn't move or acknowledge anything. Hey, mate, what are you playing at? Still nothing. He reached for his metal torch in case things went pear-shaped, grabbed the door handle and went to get out. He stood there and closed the car door and looked up to the direction of where the guy was. But there was no one there. No one can move that fast and there was nowhere to go. It was about 300 metres to a fenced-off building to his right and nothing but ankle-height grass to the left. He drove back to security quite shaken and asked if they'd seen anything strange. They all said, Oh, you've met the old guy then. I went there with him, armed with a digital camera, and was snapping away as he guided me round. The photos got some interesting reactions from two mediums that I know. But on our little tour, there were numerous creepy feelings, and a disembodied blood-curdling scream from the building near where he experienced the guy in the road. We opened the fencing and had to sweep the building for intruders. No one was there, which left us with a kind of uneasy feeling. Of the photos I took, apparently one of them had a spirit in that was not happy I was there. But when he realised I meant no harm to anything, he followed us around and kind of protected us against the darker spirits within the area. And I'm not surprised there were darker spirits. There was a lot of torment there. This was an asylum that was a pioneer in electroshock therapy and dabbled in lobotomy. This mainly took place in the building that we heard the scream from. There is a church on the site that apparently had a tunnel from one of the hospital buildings into it. In the tumbleweed, we found various specimen jars with parts in them. When I showed these pictures to the second of the mediums, she became very distressed and it took quite a while to calm her down. All she would tell me is that from the church, she felt screaming children. We moved on to the next asylum. Again, I was snapping away with my camera and think I caught what seems to be a very protective and almost angelic being. We wandered round and again, some very uneasy feelings and feelings of being watched were felt. We entered the old operating theatre and this was probably the most frightening experience. As I walked in, I was physically shoved and almost fell over. There was no one around me. And although, yes, there was debris on the floor, I hadn't tripped. It was a physical shove in my back. My companion saw this and said, You've just been pushed, haven't you? It happened to him on his first visit. And he'd taken one of the admin girls there too. And at some point, she'd also been pushed around the same place. That's all I can think of at the moment. I hope it's worth reading. Cheers, 
Sean. Wow, Sean. Um, yes, that is worth reading. And that's why I've just read it out. That is utterly terrifying. I mean, what a job as well to look after two old asylums. No, thank you. Sean does provide me the locations and the names of those asylums, but he does also ask me not to share them. So I've got them. No, 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 no. I might go there. I'm not because I'm not a shitbag. Um, but it reminds me, I've told you this before, but my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law used to be, in fact, he still is, I think, um, a guy who had like keys for a school. No, there's a better way of explaining that. That's very Operation U-Tree there, isn't it? No, he had keys to a school because he was like a caretaker guy, but not a caretaker. So responsible for the opening and closing of a school, similar to the guy in this one, like a security guard, but not a security guard. You've basically got authority on locking and opening the school. And the school he was looking after was one in Prescott, which is by where my dad lives in Highton. And it's a school which is like five, six hundred years old. And... um. I've told you all this, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, he got called out many a time and he used to say to me, there's always one room. Uh, when you go into the main area where you had to turn off the alarms, there'd be one light flashing for one particular room um, in the science block, apparently, which was in part of the oldest part of the school. He said, but you couldn't physically get to that room without triggering every other alarm. Yet this one alarm would be going off on its own and they had it tested and, you know, there was no fault with the alarm. It was only activated by movement within the room. But he had to turn up. That's Obviously, that's terrifying in its own right. But I think what's more terrifying is when it's your responsibility to turn up on your tod. Because that was the thing as well. The police would turn up. And if there was no signs of forced entry... So the police would turn up first, I think. They'd call him because he had the keys. He'd turn up. They'd do a quick sweep and go, no, there's nobody. Are you fine to lock up? And they'd get off. And it'd be like three in the morning. And he'd have to go round doing a final check, and then locking... No way! There is no amount of money on the earth. I mean, I'm a paranormal podcaster, and arguably researcher, I say in inverted commas. I should be dying to get into places like that, but I'm just a coward. So no, I can't think of the right amount of money that would make me go, yes. I mean, I'd go with people, or I'd go to do a podcast, but not, like, imagine just... Imagine you've watched a horror film, you're having a terrible night or something, or you're just a bit freaked out in general, and then you get that text message... The police want you to go to the school. There's activity. No. No, can I bring a mate? That's what I'd be saying. Mind you, your mate did bring a mate. He brought you. So maybe that's okay in security land. I don't know. Anyway, Sean, thank you ever so much for sending your stories in. Every one of them was interesting, and that's what we like to hear. Don't forget, if you've got a story like Sean's, well, I'm, when I say like Sean's, I mean, you know, it's paranormal and it's yours, send it over to contact at talkaboutghost.com and what I'll do, you see, is I'll read it out. Anywho, shall we go down and speak to that Rebecca one and see what she's got to say about things paranormal in her corner of Reddit? Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. Well, hello, I'm here with someone who's just referred to themselves as One Take West. <laughs> Didn't you? Well, yeah, but it was relevant. Because I just stopped because I stuttered and said, I'm going to do that again. So basically, we're using the handheld recorder, which played up last week and was given electrical interference. But we, I messed around with it and we used it on the weekend and it worked. So hopefully it's working again. But we are now surrounded by electrical devices and you read the story from a mobile phone. Yes. So All these things seem unavoidable. They are unavoidable. So hopefully it just works. And if it doesn't, Tazcam, I'm coming for your guts. Anyway, how are you? Want to take Quest? Yeah, I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay. Today seems like a jar of marbles. Why? 
Just does. Are you accepting that as a saying? In what yeah? way? I, I don't know what that means. What do you mean? The Dora Marble? Well, somebody mentioned it. Somebody used it in a story before and I'm going to start using it. What was the context in the story? They said, my story, my email's like a jar of marbles, meaning there's a lot of stories within. And today feels like that? No, I just want to use the saying. Right, okay. Really, today's fine, but, <laughs> but it feels like a jar of marbles. So, meaning like there's a lot of different individual bits? Yeah, if you like. Okay. I don't know, I just, I just like it. Okay. You know, I'm going to Do use you think it. it's in any way related to someone who's lost the marbles, as a saying? Oh, good question. No, it don't. But let's not make a jar of marbles about it, you know what I mean? Oh, I hate it when you find something new like this and just keep saying it over and over again. I don't keep saying it over and over again. You, you, do, you find like a new phrase or word and then that's it then. You just like well into it. You're using it all the time. I wonder how long this will last. Well. Probably a few days. How, how big is a jar of marbles? <laughs> that's it. what I like to say. <laughs> if you can hear a noise in the background, that's because there's also a washing machine going on. Because I come, Becca works in the kitchen now, don't you? Yes. Because she's a yeah. housewife. De- delegated to the kitchen. No, we've put, yeah, because I need the office more in terms of... I've Except got... you don't. You need the office for a few hours a week, but you demand absolute silence like a diva. I do need absolute and... silence. because Also, because it's like we live on a ship. I can't have you in the office at the same time. Your typing interferes with the podcast. It does. <laughs> and I also don't talk like little Lord Fauntleroy. It's what I hear when you start moaning about needing your own, like, oh, kicking me out the office. Know. Well, well, what a jar of marbles this is turning into. <laughs> Honest to God. So, yeah, I'm delegated in the kitchen. Even though I'm the one who works full-time, like, I have an actual job. I have an actual <laughs> job. Don't, deme- don't, don't undermine my, my job. I'm not, but you don't work nine to five, do you? No. Like I do. No, I'm never off. I'm always researching the paranormal. You're off when you're having your afternoon nap. <laughs> That's me thinking about the paranormal. <laughs> That's me resetting. You know what? Somebody put on, on No, somebody put on a meme the other day and I thought, That's fucking accurate, that. They said an afternoon nap is the human equivalent of turning a, sh- a machine off and on again. Okay. To make it, and I find that very true. So if you're being grouchy, you just put you down for an hour. Yeah, genuinely, you just <laughs> need to nap. Little toddler. Honest to God. Anyway. So, yeah, so that's what you're going to get if you're coming to me when I'm working. I'm going to be in the kitchen. There's going to be things going on. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I do need the office, but the back bedroom. I do need need it more than you. See, guys, you can hear that accent coming out now, can't you? I do need the office. I do need the office. I do need it more than you. No, but I do. And that's my podcast voice. I speak like that on podcasts so that I'm understandable. You know full well, girl, that this is our sound, really. <laughs> oh, you know. It's not your voice. It's not my voice. But it's not also not this. Anyway. So, this is Becca... Why are you looking at me top? I'm not. You're staring at it right now? I'm not. What are you staring at then? Have I got a yellow head on my neck? I was just looking to see how it's getting on. Becca's got this thing about popping spots. No, when you... What, do you want to keep just a yellow head right there? Yes, please. All right. Um, anyway, don't... You're not popping it on the show. I'm not. Popping for Patreons. And I, <laughs> I don't pop, I take off. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> let's not go into that weird little way you get rid of spots. Anyway, it is Red Corner... It is meant to be paranormal. So tell us, have you had anything paranormal happen of note? No. I did explain this to our patrons yesterday. Because they didn't ask me this yesterday. Yes, but that was for patrons. But um, I believed I heard a door open and close. So much so I went upstairs to check. But mm-hmm. all the door, I knew all the doors were open and they were still open when I went up. And the cat didn't seem perturbed. So, but it was very. So a bit of a non-event, all in all. No, but it was. I heard it. I physically, heard, like, I literally heard it. It was in this house. But okay, I think it might have been next door, possibly, or like one of the neighbours that you've heard, maybe. I know you said that yesterday as well, but also... Well, I, I thought we were heard... just repeating ourselves. No. Yeah. Um, I would have heard it before, or since. Mm. Well, I don't know, you have earphones in a lot. Yeah, it's true, yeah. That's very true. 
Let's block out the world, please. Yeah. Anyway, this is your story for okay. today. We can't have that on. Can we just do the story in there, in the living room? Yes. Because that sounds like interference when it's not interference. Okay. So we've moved away from the washing machine now because that was ridiculous. I'm not standing here. We're going to have to sit down. Okay, sit down then. Oh, so weird. I was in the living room looking out the window. Just stood there. Recording each other. Okay. What? Is that a joke? My friend's shitty skyfer. My friend shitty skyfer and I. That might be the username on Reddit. Okay, interesting. Well, I guess that's what we'll use then. Yeah. My friend Shitty Skafer and I have fished together since preschool. We are now 40. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? We share a large tackle. <laughs> Box for tournaments. What? Nothing. Nothing. We share a large tackle box for tournaments. Yeah. Why is that fucking tickled you? It's not. <laughs> It clearly has. No, nothing, nothing funny here, nothing to see. I couldn't fish one Sunday and had the box in my truck, so I agreed agreed to drop the box off after I got off work at midnight. I'm a pharmacist and was working the second shift in the inpatient pharmacy. Shitty's house. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Shitty's house has a detached carriage that sits just behind his house. His garage is the property divider for his and his neighbour's houses. His neighbour at the time was a lovely old guy named Merle who had a giant garden that nestled against Schaefer's garage. Merle was always in his backyard and we talked with him frequently. I arrived at Shitty's... <laughs> this is ridiculous. I arrived at Shitty's exactly 12.16am and dropped off the box. As soon as I entered his garage, I got the most... <laughs> Overwhelming feeling of doom. <laughs> Is that funny? Oh, it's in <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, well. I've never experienced anything close to that feeling. I imagine it's what prey feels like when they are caught and oh, realise yeah. it's the end in nature. Ooh. On top of feeling scared and hopeless, all the hair on my arms and legs stood up and I got the sudden edge <laughs> to urinate. <laughs> You need to stop proofing these. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Could you not have given it a cursory glance? I don't know. Clearly, absolutely no quality control whatsoever. The spine does fast. The, the spine's quite scary. Bad podcaster. Honestly, they're in a, they're in a strange no place. quality Box control. No quality control. Right, so they're scared. I ran from the garage for no discernible reason and stopped in the middle of his backyard to urinate because I was already missing my pants (laughs) and had to go so bad it hurt. Okay. Is that someone's pissing themselves because they're scared? It's hardly a laughing matter, Becca. (laughs) As I'm pissing, I see his (laughs) neighbour I see his neighbour Mel standing at the back of his garage, peeking around the corner with a scared expression on his face, I can imagine. His eyes were huge and dark. 
I was immediately embarrassed and ran back to apologise, but Mel wasn't there. I ran around the garage into Mel's yard, and again, no Mel. There is no way that anybody could have made it around the garage into Mel's house that fast, especially an 80-something-year-old with COPD. As I'm standing there confused, I hear a thump, 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 thump coming from the garage, which is now behind me. I crept back, scared shitless, and look into the garage and found the foot-powered trolling motor was now on, whacking against the front casting deck of the boat. I ran in, turned it off, turned off the light. I don't remember turning the light on, but can't confirm I didn't when I originally set the box down. I then sprinted to my car and called Shitty and left him a message. He called me at 5am after listening to it and told me that Mel's house was covered in ambulances and fire trucks ten minutes after I left my message. Mel died suddenly that night. Didn't see that coming. Who's laughing now, eh? His adult son had been taking care of him and he said that Mel woke up with a headache at 12.15 and asked for Tylenol and a glass of scotch. Then as soon as he went, face down suddenly onto his kitchen table and died of a massive aneurysm at the exact moment all that shit was happening to me in the backyard. Ooh. Dear me. So the last thing... So this guy dies, right? Yeah. He's this ghost, and the last thing is he goes out to his garden for one last time, and there's this I'm guy just like, yeah, just whops it out. But yeah, it's a good point, actually, because wasn't he? He's already scared, wasn't he, before he seen Mel? Yes, he was scared. That's why he ran into the garden. He was very scared. He had an overwhelming sense of doom. Yes, overwhelming sense of doom, and and I'm... hopeless, and all the hair on his arms and legs stood up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, what's anyone said in response to that? Has anyone said that was unreadable, mate? Because why have you called your mate shitty? Um, it's probably easier to read in your head than out loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone said, crazy, so often with ghosts, the face seems distorted, especially the eyes, where they totally black. Um, someone else said, a hundred people die in every minute, but Mel had it in for you in particular. <laughs> oh, and the ambulance took five hours to respond. Oh, never mind, your buddy was up to watch the entire neighbourhood medical service pull up, but didn't bother returning your call. So he's, he's a doubter. Yeah, yeah, he's a doubter. Also, five hours for an ambulance to come, that's standard in the UK. Not if someone's dying. Well. Um, someone else said that's terrifying. Oh, so he's replied to this and said, the ambulance, from what I understand, took about ten minutes. Could have been a coincidence I thought I saw Mel. Boat battery could have randomly turned on, just saying I can't explain it. Um, then they're getting into an argument, so I don't know how that's attention-seeking. Um <laughs> I've never had a paranormal experience before or since, and I'm a scientist and atheist. Still an awful lot of coincidence there. Um, someone else says, it sounds like he didn't go peacefully at all. I felt a family member who just passed, and it made me uneasy, but I didn't have the feeling of dread, nor did my hair stand on end. I just knew they were in the room somehow. I do believe that we should trust our instincts, and that your feelings of dread and being scared is your body telling you to flee somehow. I'm an atheist most days. However, there are so many life experiences that one simply can't explain away. Those experiences just don't make any logical sense. Well, there you go. You know, it's an interesting one, though, is that he says he's a scientist and an atheist, Mm -hmm. and he's thrown that in for some sort of validator to say, so therefore, I can't be bollocks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And as Barry Dodds has infamously said on the Parapod, you know, if you think, if you you know, if you've seen anything about the Mars rover, you know, on Mars, Mm. they used it to draw a massive cock and balls on the surface of Mars. Mm. So being a scientist doesn't mean you're not a dickhead. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, you or that you can't lie or you can't arse about. Mm. I think that's the most difficult story you've ever told to get through. It was a tough one, that yeah. You're not. Pre- you wasn't prepared for someone called shitty, was you? I wasn't. No, no, no I wasn't. 
And then um, simple thing. But also, like when he said, I was so scared he needed a piss. And so I ran a few yards out and had a piss. How oh, that's That's bladder issues, that. That's not. Well, I think he said he'd already started, didn't he? Yeah. So you just have to whop it out. I mean, being scared, as far as I'm aware, I've never been so scared it's brought on a piss. Maybe you haven't been scared enough. I know, yeah. Maybe. Because you often see it, don't you, in films and stuff? People get scared and they piss the pants. Mm. Yeah. But surely... There is something in, like, a huge trauma, um, like, I don't know, say, like, you were shot at or there was a crash or something, that I've heard of, like, a scientific thing where your insides just, like, completely contract and that's where, like, you know, where people say, oh, I shit myself. Right, That's where, okay. like, that comes from and, pe- like, they do. Or, like, if there's, like, a bad accident or something, mm. often people have, like, opened the bowels or the bladder... And it's, I don't know, like, the, the reason behind it, I presume it's There'll be some, it contracts some, yeah. so that your blood goes elsewhere. Like, yeah, where there's it's some more body mechanism, isn't it? Like, yeah, the, the human body's a magnificent thing, isn't it? Yeah, so, as you, so that is a mechanism. I think that's where it comes from. The, yeah. Like, this whole, oh, I did that. It's like, you know, frostbite. Frostbite, I mean, this isn't paranormal, it's just a wonder of the body. Frostbite is because your body says... That makes a decision that it's happy to lose the the, the extremities mm. to keep the heart and the mind lose safe. the limb to save the body. Yeah, yeah, and it'll make that decision for you. Yeah, that's what they say, isn't it? About like if you have to use a tourniquet or something, you lose the limb to save the life. Yeah, but that's you know that's not your mind doing the tourniquet, is it? I mean, yeah, no, I know it's a, it's the same logic, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's your body saying, "Yeah, all right, we're gonna have to lose this." Yeah, but it's weird that you that your mind does that without your conscious knowledge. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It just starts turning things off. That's why I'm, I'm convinced DNA is a parasite. It does anything to keep itself alive. Mm. Where, and consciousness is just tagged onto it. Anyway, yeah. that gets down a philosophical rabbit hole. But thank you, Becca, for taking us on your uh, on your laughter tour yeah. of the paranormal. You are welcome. Um, and if you, Just a cursory glance next time, I'd say. Yeah. Just have a quick look over them before Yeah, I will, I will, I will. Yeah. I mean, the t- I got off the title, so the title sounded good. Okay. Um, but I didn't know it was literally full of shitty. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca and thank you for your patience if you got through that. I think people did. I think hopefully people laughed along because, you know, it was a genuine laugh, which is always nice to capture on tape. Well, digital thing. We haven't had a tape since the 80s. (laughs) Anyway, thanks, Becca. Say goodbye to everyone. Bye, guys. We'll see you all next week. Thank you, people. Daddy, bye. Bye Bye-bye.